Hello and welcome to the ETOF 2-1 Sports Podcast for Monday, October 26th. How is everyone doing today? My name is Eric. I'm the man behind ETOF 2-1 Sports. You can find my work at ETOF 2-1 Sports on Twitter, TikTok, and on Instagram. I'm at ETOF 2-1 Sports underscore. How is everyone doing today? Lovely October day here in the Chicagoland area. was hoping for a little bit of snow, but it looks like the snow isn't going to come. Me being a Michigan man, I love the effing snow. But you guys don't really care about my philosophy on snow, so let's jump right into the football games. Oh my God, what a great day of football we had yesterday in the NFL. Let's hop right into it. The Detroit Lions defeated the Atlanta Falcons 23-22. to Wow, what a great finish to a lackluster scoring game that turned out to be awesome. Lions led 16-14. Falcons drove down the ball, but the Lions let Gurley scored when he obviously shouldn't have. Matt Stafford, the football god, led the Lions down in a 75-yard touchdown drive, hitting a TD pass to TJ Hawkinson as time expired. Lions kicked the extra point to win for the Lions. They're winning games they should win. And the historically, this is when the Lions have faltered. When they have a game that they should win and they shit the bed. And that's what... They need to do. This is the game they needed to win. And hey, they didn't look great. The offense looked very vanilla. I really wish Dirk Bevel would have opened it up a little bit more. But he went vanilla. They got the win. I can't really complain. They held the Falcons offense somewhat in check. So I can't really complain about that either. For the Falcons, good coach teams don't make mistakes. And Gurley's scoring was a bad mistake. Gurley's had numerous times where he's been in the same situation for the Rams. And he went down. The fact that he scored shows how poorly coached the Atlanta Falcons are. Falcons are entering an interesting time. Obviously, what I think they need to do is blow it all up. They got some young talent on defense, young talent up front, build from the inside out, try to trade Julio, get what you can for him, try to trade Ryan, get what you can for him, and just start the thing all over. Because those guys are up there, you know, they're 30 or over 30, the time that they had to win the Super Bowl, the window has officially shut. So some of these teams need to realize when they need to blow it up, and hopefully the Falcons realize now's the time. Browns 37, Bengals 34. This could have been rookie Joe Burrow's second win. The Bengals' offense looked better. This wide receivers group is really starting to click with the rookie. And I'll give the Bengals credit. They lost three offensive linemen, and the replacements played well. But that Cincy defense needs to be better. Browns were 5 or 7 on third downs, getting nothing in the pass rush in terms of rushing Baker Mayfield. I also hope that this Jonah Williams injury isn't serious. He was the highest rated tackle coming out of Alabama a couple years ago. Missed all of last season because of shoulder injury. And he went down. Hopefully it's not serious. For the Browns, Mayfield finished the game 22 of 23 passing. Hit Dante Peoples-Jones for a go-ahead TD to win the game with 22 seconds left on the clock. Mayfield did make some awful reads to start the game. That throw to OBJ where it got intercepted and OBJ made the tackle and went down was awful. Hopefully that OBJ injury isn't serious. Miles Garrett is playing insane. Nine sacks, four forced fumbles to start the season. I mean, the Browns are who they are. 
they're going to be win games like this against lesser teams. And when they play teams like the Ravens, Steelers, Titans, the top echelon of the league, they're going to look exposed because they're a young team that doesn't believe they can win. Baker Mayfield, let's be honest. I said it when Mayfield was the number one pick. He's not an elite quarterback. He is a bottom 16 quarterback, very limited at what he can do. So unless Kofansky does the heavy play action or he plays a weak defense, he's really going to struggle and he cannot be counted on to put up elite-type numbers. Obviously, I think missing Nick Chubb hurts this team. Chubb is obviously a better in-between runner than Nick than Kareem Hunt. So missing Chubb in games will hurt will hurt this team. But they are going to make the playoffs. And once you make the playoffs, anything is possible in the NFL. A team can get hot. They can go on a run. Next game, Panthers 24, Saints 27. We hit the Panthers plus 7 bet that we locked in. Bridgewater looked good, but he's not an elite quarterback. You know, unfortunately, like Mayfield, he's a bottom 16 quarterback. And I mean, don't get it twisted. He was playing against his former team. He knows the defensive schemes. And the Saints DBs are bad. This isn't the Saints defense that we're accustomed to seeing. Anderson and DJ Moore are looking like it's one of the better wide receiver tandems in the NFL. Panthers defense came back to what it was after the last three games of only averaging giving up 19 points per game. Saints converted 12 of 14 third downs, and the Saints didn't have Thomas or Sanders. Mike Davis straight up struggled against the Saints defensive front, but that's to be expected because that is the strength of the team. Breeze, 29-36, 287 yards, but the velocity on his throws, it's not there. He's old. He can't throw the ball down the field. Defense didn't look great, like I said. It's not what it used to be in years. I'm going to continue to fade this team. This team is getting overbet on name recognition alone just because of the volume of bets that come into the NFL. Kamara, I mean, he put up good fantasy numbers, but in terms of quote-unquote real NFL running backs, he's not going to get 1,000 yards this season. And like I've said, if you're not an 1,000-yard rusher in the NFL, can you really be considered an elite back? I wouldn't consider Alvin Kamara an elite back. In terms of fantasy, he's a great back. Bills defeated the Jets 18-10 in what was an ugly, ugly, ugly-ass game. Jets did turn over the play calling. Good news is they scored 10 more points than last week. Bad news is they only scored 10 points. Jets have so many holes and lack so many skill players. They're just going to be up against it. And with all these rumors about dissension amongst the coaches, tanking for Lawrence... You just can't back this team. They have old man Frank Gore running in the backfield. And it's going to be a long season. I'd be shocked if they won a game. Obviously, they need to fire Adam Gase. And teams like the Jets, they just get in this runt. Hire a bad coach. Hire a bad GM. Star players get pissed. Trade the star player. Start over again. And this is just going to be keep on recycling for the Jets, unfortunately. For the Bills, can we please just agree that this team isn't what everyone thought they were. Everyone was drinking the Kool-Aid. Oh my God, Josh Allen. Oh my God, Bills are winning it all. This team, the defense isn't what it used to be. They're very susceptible against the run. So any team with a running back and offensive line that is decent is going to exploit them. And Josh Allen, he misses simple throws, guys. Granted, he's strong. Granted, he can make some runs where everyone gets their dick hard. But at the end of the day, he's just not that guy that's going to lead you to a championship. 
he's not that good of a quarterback. He's a great runner, great athlete, but in terms of being a quarterback, he's not that good. Cowboys 3, Washington 25. Cowboys were flat from the get-go. All the rumors about them quitting on the coach, quitting on Mike McCarthy are obviously true. Shocker, a coach that has been out of the game for a year, getting dumber, like I've always stated. If a coach leaves the game and is out of coaching, what is he doing to keep himself relevant to understanding what's going on? Look at Gruden. Gruden was out of coaching forever, but at least he was announcing and arounding the game and understanding and educating himself. What was McCarthy doing? Allegedly had a job at PFF? Even, like, what do we even know if that's true? And also, another reason why I didn't like the McCarthy hire was he vastly underachieved at Green Bay when he had Aaron Rodgers, who's one of the best ever to do that the quarterback position in the NFL. So obviously McCarthy... Awful hire. Offensive line's banged up. Backups are banged up. What they need to do is they just need to blow it up and start over. I hate to say it, but they need to blow it up. They need to start over. Obviously, signing Elliott to that massive contract was a mistake. They signed Cooper to a big one. They just need to blow it up and start over. It just shows you guys. I always say it. The window in the NFL to win is so small, and the door for the Cowboys is already closed. Washington, this defensive line is their strength. And, of course, they're going to eat against an offensive line, which is banged up. Gibson and McLaren look good. Finally, they started to get those guys the ball more. In terms of skilled players, those two are two great young still players. And hopefully they start to give them the ball more. But, like I said on the Gino Bacala podcast, I really don't know how much this team really wants to win. Do they want to win? I think they want a high pick because obviously they don't like Allen or Haskins. Haskins is way better of a quarterback than Allen is, but yet they're rolling out Allen as the quarterback. And the sad thing is this team is only a half game out of the lead in the NFC East because the division is so fucking bad. This team could actually make the playoffs while trying to lose, which is kind of comical. Packers destroyed the Texans. I mean, destroyed the Texans. Alexander is obviously the real deal. He's shown that he can pretty much lock down anybody. He locked down Will Fuller. Will Fuller only had three receptions and one TD. And guess what, guys? When that happened, Alexander was not on the field. Final score of the game was 35-20. to Texans are a nightmare. They are a nightmare. Poorly coached, poorly tackled. Bill O'Brien really put this team in an awful position. The only group that is good is the offensive line. Running back, they have old man David Johnson. Wide receiver, they have Brandon Cooks, Randall Cobb, and Will Fuller, which are basically all just the same guy. Defensively, they have zone people, and they're a man-to-man team, so that doesn't match. They don't have their first-round pick. They don't have their second-round pick. And everyone's saying, oh, Eric Bieniemy, oh, what is going to go here? Honestly, if I'm Eric Bieniemy, and don't get me wrong, I think Eric Bieniemy deserves a coaching job in the NFL. I really think he does. I think he's one of the best offensive coordinators in the game. But if I'm Eric Bieniemy, and I understand that my window for coaching is three years, I have three years to turn this team around, why the hell would you go to the Texans? Yes, I know they have Deshaun Watson, but they're strapped for cash. You have that insane contract to J.J. Watt, and J.J. Watt isn't the J.J. Watt of the past. 
and you have no first or second round pick this year. So why would you do that? Why would you put yourself in a position where you're not going to have the cap space or the draft capital to improve the team? There's There are going to be way better coaching options out there for Eric Bieniemy or for whoever coordinator or college coach. If my advice to them, don't go to the Texans because that is going to be an awful, a god-awful job to succeed at for the next couple of years. Steelers defeat the Titans 27-24. I mean, I have told you guys from the get-go that this Titans team is a bluff. It always, I always find it comical when you see these teams, not teams, these quote-unquote experts talk about the Titans being one of the better teams in the NFL. If you look at their schedule, do people realize that they should have lost to the Broncos, 0-1-1, could have lost to the Jaguars, 0-2, could have lost to the Vikings, 0-3, beat the Bills, 1-3, could have lost to the Texans, 1-4. And And this team could easily be 1-5. This team is the most overhyped team in the NFL. DBs are slow. Offensive line isn't anywhere near, near what it used to be. And Ryan Tannehill, come on, are you guys really going to put your faith in Ryan effing Tannehill? I don't think so. Steelers limp to the finish. I'd like to see them do a better job of closing. I mean, they're up big. Tennessee put up 17 points in the second half. Offenses start clicking. And the Steelers played that game not to lose instead of playing to win, which is a little disheartening. I would rather see them, you know, step on the throats. Big matchup next week against the Ravens. Obviously looking forward to that game. Next game... Buccaneers 45 to 20. Buccaneers poured it on in the fourth. This game was a lot closer going into the fourth quarter, but Raiders kind of fell apart and Bucks took advantage of it. Bucks are the team that's going to capitalize on your mistakes. If you're a team that turns the ball over, they're going to capitalize on it. And that's what the Ra- that's what the Ra- Raiders did. Couple turnovers and that was all she wrote. Brady put up great numbers. 33 for 45, 4 TDs. Scotty Miller, 6 for 109. Nelson Aguilar, 5 for 107. Nelson Aguilar is slowly turning into a reliable threat on the outside. Remember, he used to play the slot in Philly, but they moved into the outside, which is really opening up, showing how much he can do with a route tree. Raiders are an interesting team. I think this team, if they could just be a little bit more sound and not make so many mistakes, this team could be a team to contend in the AFC. Like I said, I'm not buying Tampa Bay. I think bringing in Antonio Brown is just going to create more friction in the locker room. What's going to happen when Mike Evans, Antonio Brown, and Chris Godwin are fighting about who's the alpha, who's the main guy, and Brady has to anchor that, break all that up, get the team going. Defensively, they lost Vera, the guy up front. That's going to be a huge for them. Secondary is playing great, but I really don't trust them. Offensive line. If they play a pass rush as struggle, I think this team is vastly overrated. And I don't trust them at all. San Francisco 33, New England 6. This was an utter beatdown. And oh my God, I got this game wrong. We were on the Patriots minus one and a half. I thought after a week to prepare and everything, they'd look a lot better. Something was up with Newton. Newton did not look good. If you looked at his face, he looked very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Drained. He didn't look good. At, he didn't look good at all in that game offensively they struggled 
San Francisco is missing six starters, and the Patriots can only put up six effing points, that's bad. That is, like, really, really bad. Offensively, they need to get it going more, maybe a little bit more RPOs, sliding new and around in the pocket, quick hitters to the outside, get Bird in space, get Edelman in space. But offensively, Josh McDonald needs to do a better job of putting Newton in a, in a position to succeed. For the 49ers, I mean, it is what it is. Garoppolo, 20 for 25. Jeff Wilson got hurt but led them with 17 rushes for 112 yards. So much for all that Jerry McKinnon love, all the experts were saying. three, And I was in it. I thought he was going to get get it. And, like, I don't understand the rotation that Shanahan is using. McKinnon's a clear backup, but he doesn't get any touches until Jeff Wilson went down, which makes zero sense to me. Hastings looked explosive, nine rushes for 57 yards. Brandon Ioke, six for 115. Debo, five for 65. Kittle, five for 55. 49ers. Offensive line isn't as good as it was. Defensively, they're missing some pieces. They beat a Patriots team that is, in my eyes, insanely overrated. Looking at the 49ers schedule, their next game is dot, 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 dot. Ooh, Sunday in against Seattle. Seattle coming off a loss. Maybe some value on Seattle. Going to have to see where the line is and everything. Broncos got this one wrong too. Bron- we had the Broncos plus seven and a half. They lost the Chiefs 43 to 16. Broncos just could never really get it going. I really thought that they'd be able to attack this Chiefs team over the top, which is their weakness. They give up over the top plays. They've just had some quarterbacks they've played against miss them. Locke didn't look good. He had some bad turnovers. And Congrats to Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who uh, he finally scored a touchdown, guys. Top 10 pick in fantasy, finally scored a touchdown. So congrats to everyone that wasted a top 10 pick on Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Bell, six rushes for 36 yards. I think as the season progresses, he's slowly going to be getting more time, more reps, more in the short yardage, goal line, and third down work. We also had Hardman scored a touchdown. Hardman had... 57 yards receiving and 13 yards rushing. Obviously, they were getting him the ball. He just didn't get in the end zone. So we had him at plus 420 again in the end zone. Broncos did lose Philip Lindsay, so your Melvin Gordon owners will enjoy that because that will obviously be an uptick in usage. Next game, Jaguars, hey, tough. They put up 29 points. Obviously, they're just tanking for Lawrence along with everybody else, but it looks like they'll probably get Justin Fields now just because the Jets are so goddamn bad. They started running the ball more. And like I've said in the DFS breakdown, James Robinson used to be his thing. He used to be great at running the ball, but the Jaguars have gotten so far behind, they haven't used him enough. And when they started using him, he is explosive. I think they definitely got something with that kid, so that's good for him being an undrafted kid. In terms of the Chargers, the Chargers for me are always going to be that team of what if. When you think about it, they could have won the game against the Chiefs, 2-0. They lost against the Panthers, 2-1. Could have won the game against the Bucks, 3-1. Could have won the game at the Saints, 4-1. And they they could easily be 5-1 going into the game against the Broncos next week and battling the Chiefs for the AFC West lead. But because of them playing not to lose instead of playing to win, this is the situation they're at. 
So I think they got something with Herbert, like I said, on the Gino Bacala podcast. Herbert is that guy. He's not going to throw you open. He's only going to throw you the ball when you're open. Next game we got is the Sunday night game. Cards 37, Seahawks 34. Wow. I mean, great game, interesting game, entertaining game. And Russell Wilson, 33 for 50, 33 out of 50, three INTs, but he had three passing touchdowns. The thing with Seattle is their defense, like I've said numerous times, is so bad. You can't trust Seattle anytime they're laying points. And it's always funny to me. I think I'm pretty good at what I do. I don't mean to brag. I think I'm pretty good at what I do. I think I understand the game of football better than most people do. And you see these quote-unquote experts, and they're giving out Seattle on the road in a primetime slot when they have the worst defense in the NFL. Honestly, what are these guys watching? Honestly. There is no way with full confidence you can bet Seattle anytime they're laying points just because their defense is so fucking bad. Wilson, yeah, I mean that third down play, you gotta you gotta put the ball in your MVP hand, MVP's hands, let him make a play right there. And did anyone else see my boy DK run that ball, run him down? That was insane. Tyler Lockett, huge game, 15 receptions, 200 yards, three TDs. What is that? Like 50, that's over 50 PPR points. I mean, Jesus fucking Christ, what a game by Tyler. But like I said in the DFS breakdown. The cards are bad against receivers, and they they targeted Lockett instead of Metcalf. So Metcalf was obviously checked more by Patrick Peterson, hence why they went to uh, um, Lockett. Cardinals, 5-2, and two boys. We got that future to, for them to win the West, looking pretty good. Murray, you know, Murray's that tough guy. You know, he'll run the ball. He can pass the ball. He's He's a tough dude. He is tough. And getting those two wins before the bye, now they have a bye. And then they got my first game on the road. And everyone knows two is going that listens to me, two is gonna be a bust. So the cards are in a great position to get to six and two and take advantage because Seattle and the 49ers are playing against each other next week. Well, that's it, guys. My biggest takeaways. From last week, from excuse me, yesterday, my three biggest ones are a: if Stafford did what Staff, excuse me, what Stafford did, if this was someone like Patrick Mahomes, ESPN, Colin Calvert, all those guys, all the quote unquote experts, that would be a half an hour on what Stafford did. Stafford is the most underrated in the NFL. Patriots are in some serious trouble. They need to get the offense going. Go back to that Auburn type offense they're running before. And lastly, Saints aren't that good. We need to stop sipping the Kool-Aid and understand that this isn't the Saints team of your past. Well, that's it for today. Etoff 21 Sports. You can follow my work, like I said, at Etoff 21 Sports on Twitter and TikTok. Etoff 21 Sports underscore on Instagram. I will get the website updated with the tracking spreadsheets. Hopefully by the end of today, Etoff21Sports.com. We got the waiver report coming out on Tuesday, rankings Wednesday, and I'm still, my goal, two blogs a week. Going to be going on that. Stay safe, wear your masks, and good luck in all your gambling plays.